Two weeks ago, we unveiled LifeWay's new mission statement. It's our mission statement, it's a vision statement, it's our culture statement. It is everything that we are and everything we are wanting to see happen through this church, in our cities, in our county, in our neighborhoods, and it is kingdom come. From Matthew 6, chapter 10, in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is who we are. We are the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom is within me. And so that is what we are marching towards as a body of believers is kingdom come right now in Jesus' name. Uh, defining what his kingdom means. This is some review from the last couple weeks. His kingdom, his power and authority over all, his purposes and way of life, both on earth and into eternity. You see, the kingdom is the already not yet kingdom. The kingdom is here. Jesus ushered in the realities of the kingdom of God when he stepped onto the scene. We're gonna look at that verse in just a minute, but it is the already not yet kingdom of God because in its fullness, we will experience the kingdom one day. But we have a responsibility and a privilege as the church, as the body of Christ, to establish his kingdom on earth right now as it is in heaven through miracles, signs, and wonders, through loving people as Jesus loved them and seeing revival in our cities and in our churches. One of my best friends, Pastor Tommy Miller of Legacy Church, this is how he defines kingdom the theocratic establishment of God's rule on earth, established and enforced by his sons and daughters. See, a theocracy is a system of government in which priests rule in the name of God. And we did a series a while back called Royal Priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people. We are priests serving the ultimate high priest. And so we govern, we establish, and we enforce the kingdom of God on earth. Every day, as you walk into your job, as you walk into your home, as you walk into Walmart, how many of you know the kingdom needs to come to Walmart? <laughs> All right? But we have the, the assignment, and not just an assignment, it's not just a duty, it is a privilege to carry the kingdom of heaven with us. Every step that we take, we are taking ground for the kingdom of God. And it's not just the pastors, it's not just the church leaders, it is every hand on deck for the kingdom. And it's time to step into that identity, church. It's we got to stop turning a blind eye to things. It's what we're doing tonight. We're going to hear people speak about what's happening in our, in our communities with um, human trafficking, with suicide, with the addiction epidemic. And as the church together tonight, we are going to pray a corporate prayer of repentance and saying, listen, we are aware these things have happened and we are saying right now, no more on our watch. It is not happening anymore because we are taking authority. We are staking ground for the kingdom.
Matthew 4, 17, Jesus said, keep turning away from your sins and come back to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. That's what I was talking about. Jesus steps on the scene and he says, heaven is now accessible. Healing, hope, restoration, provision, empowerment, everything that you need to do what you have been created and called to do is now accessible through the reality of the kingdom. You can do it. You carry heaven with you every step that you take. Jesus came to restore all that was lost through sin. We talked about this last week. It says in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. And that is our assignment as well. We undo and we destroy the works of the devil going all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Jesus came to restore all that was lost through sin, which includes our identity as carriers of the kingdom, sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. You see, this, this idea of dominion, which is what we talked about last Sunday, Governing sovereign authority. This idea of dominion in the kingdom did not originate when Jesus stepped onto the scene in Matthew. This idea goes all the way back to the beginning. It was God's idea from the beginning, us ruling and reigning with him on earth. And what was lost when sin entered the picture, not only your relationship with God, but your authority in the kingdom. You see, there's a difference between the reason why something was created and the purpose for which it was created. I used this example last week, and I wanna use it again. Our food pantry, our incredible team of, there's normally about 30 people here every Thursday for hours serving our community, feeding the hungry, which is what we have been called to do. And one day as I was walking through the halls of this building, I looked and saw the shelves in the food pantry that organized the food. And those shelves, the reason why those shelves were built was because of the burden of this church to feed the hungry. Their purpose is to organize food. There's a difference between the reason why you were created and the purpose for which you were created. Bart, the reason you were created was to love God and be loved by him. Relationship. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. Union with God. That was why he created. That's why when the Trinity was having that conversation and they said, let us make man in our image. They wanted to create something that would enter into relationship with them that was just like they were. And so that was the reason why we were, we were created. The purpose for which you were created was dominion, governing sovereign authority. In Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Your reason is relationship. Your purpose is dominion. Sons and daughters of God. Dominion on earth over the kingdom of darkness. To destroy and undo 
all of the works of the devil. Every work. You have that authority in Jesus' name to say, cancer, you stop here. Depression, you stop here in Jesus' name. You're not coming any further. We are going to be going out in the coming weeks, and we are going to be literally taking stakes and staking off this county for the kingdom, pounding them in the ground. We're going to go to the corners of our county, and we are going to prophetically declare, listen, no more drugs in Tuscarawas County. We're going to pray that those who are trafficking drugs and human trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking into Tuscarawas County, that their cars are going to break down at the border of our county. That our law enforcement, something will happen to where they see a car or a vehicle driving and something's not right there. And they pull them over and there's women and children in the back that they were trafficked through on 77. We're declaring that over our county. We are taking this county back in Jesus' name. Dominion, authority in Jesus' name for such a time as this. It's why we're here. The king created humanity in his image and in his likeness to rule as kings over the territory he created for them to confirm his kingship. We rule over the territory because we're confirming the kingship of God. And he has created a territory for each one of us. He created the territory and then he created us to have dominion in that territory. So what is our territory? What's your territory? What's my territory? Because we all have one. And this morning I want to introduce, we call him Uncle Rick. You can call him Uncle Rick if you want. Rick Arredondo, he is uh, an amazing part of our Lifeway family. He serves this community in so many ways. His heart, him and Susan and their family for for our community cannot even be put into words. And... um, He's going to come up and share with you today, what is your territory? What does that look like? What does it mean for us right now in our communities? And uh, if you were here on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago, he taught this during nightlife. And um, we kind of promoted this series a little bit on Wednesdays, and we, wanted, we knew that Kingdom Come was going to be our new mission statement, and we were doing this all again on a Sunday. And so we asked if he would come and share again with you Uh, what is my territory? So would you welcome Rick this morning? Good morning, Lifeway family. Um, Admittedly, I was a little nervous this morning. Uh, Reminded me back in the day when I played football and it was uh, opening kickoff and I just didn't want to fumble the ball. But I was usually a little nervous until I heard the thump and then Sean gets up there and starts his thing, and I start to cry. So that's probably not a good place to start, at least as far as my football analogy goes. Um, Do you guys feel a big shift coming? I mean, it's it's been happening for a while. In fact, uh, we celebrated our two-year anniversary at Lifeway August of this year. You know, but just think of all the preparation that has gone into this journey. It just seems like it's all happening like right now. So when I woke up this morning, I knew it was kind of like Super Bowl morning. 
And I'm not trying to overuse the analogy, but our week will never be the same this week. And if you haven't ever started a journal, I would suggest you start writing it down now because you're going to want to remember everything that happens between now and whenever. But for me, uh, being an ex-banker and still trying to figure my way, I started to realize if there was one big hurdle in my preparation for now was my identity. And we've spent a lot of time talking about our identity and who we are and why we were created. Um, but I also feel like who defines this moment is our king expects us to define this moment. He has positioned the church to step up as of right now. And I can honestly say that in this time, I've seen so many people step up into this role. And it is scary. It is sometimes you feel like you're just on an island by yourself. But I'm going to emphasize four points today. One is, our, is to reinforce our identity. Two is that we are here to rule, to govern. And the third is we are to do community outreach. And the other thing is breakthrough. So if you look at where we've been so far, our identity has gotten smaller. Our identity now is wrapped up into Facebook. It's, it's who we say we are, who we want people to think we are. It is the political sign on our lawn. It is the house that we live in or the car that we drive or the job that we have. And we've actually stepped into the rear until now. Because all of this of what we're trying to accomplish cannot be accomplished by one person. We are his church. We are the army. God is releasing a lot of blessings to make sure that we're ready and equipped for this journey that we're about to begin. So then let's talk about, um, then God said, fill the earth and govern it. Genesis 1.28. Well, to govern it, he needed to call, he needed to call us home. He needed to remind us again our identity, why we're here. And he actually used something like COVID to get our attention. So it wasn't he didn't create it. He just said, I'm gonna, there's going to be certain things that are going to be missing from your life that you're going to start to say, I need relationships. I need my church. I need my church family. And there's been a lot of restoration. So I firmly believe there's going to be a lot of babies born during this time, right? Don't blame me for that. Um, but I also believe that it was a time for the church to come back to him, and it's also a time for the prodigals to come back, okay? There's actually new believers that are coming to understand who Jesus is. We're seeing revival everywhere around us, and we're going to see in this next season people flocking. This is not a 9-11 effect. We all remember what it was like to stand by the flag and say, wow, this is fantastic. People are going back to church. It literally lasted weeks until we started to see some degree of normalcy. But there's another thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to go back to our tribe 
and our village mentality. And it's really important that the correlation between the history of Tuscarawas County and where we are right now is he's calling us back to be a tribe, to be a village. So, before I gave the uh, Wednesday event, I heard a prophetic word, and he said, return to the mounds. And I said, what does that mean? Well, what he told me is he wanted me to go to Janaton Hutton and visit the grave of the martyrs. In 1782, there were 90 men, women, and children that died. And when I went there and sat by the mound, I didn't feel a spiritual moment. It was just more of reminding me of the history of this county and why the county is important and what he's calling our church to do. Leslie talked about the history of our valley. It's, it's impressive to say the least, and it's really no secret why breakthrough is happening here. Why did he choose Tuscarawas County? There was a, uh, a pastor prophet, his name is Tim Sheets, and when he heard that there, about Tuscarawas County, he said, that is the darkest county in Ohio. So when you think about all the generational things that have happened, it's, it's happened for the last 200 years. One thing I find really interesting is there's a calling right now to speak the spirit language, that we need to speak the spirit language to be able for God to communicate with us and to God, and that this is where that intercessory is going to happen, where God's going to make it happen. When the martyrs, so they were all locked up in a cabin. They separated the men, women, and the children. And the, this militia from Pennsylvania came in, and they knew they were going to die. And what the militiamen said is they heard praise and singing in their spiritual language. So think about it. They were not speaking English. They were speaking their own language. And this is the thing is they, they decided that day to take a stand. And the only thing they could do is to, is, is to, is to be sacrificed, right? They knew they were going to be the martyrs. That was maybe the plan. What I find really interesting, next slide, Troy, is I said, Lord, why am I here? What, show me what you're trying to tell me. And I brought my Bible with me, and I opened my Bible, and I went to Romans 12. So if you could look at Romans 12 with me, if you have it. Needless to say, it got my attention really quick. <clears throat> The heading is called the living sacrifice. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So here I am looking at 90 or so bodies in this mound saying they made the ultimate sacrifice. If you go into um, Romans 3, it says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And then go into 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, 
This was one body of 90 people. This was a village. Have you ever been out there? So you go out there, and it, it's kind of and it's kind of awe-inspiring because it's kind of just there amongst a lot of other stones and, and monuments. And then one thing that really got me was as I was leaving the parking lot, I saw a river, and I could actually visualize the people in the village playing, fishing, cleaning their clothes. It became real at that moment that it happened right here. And they were a village. And so when you're a village, what do you have to do? You have to defend your village. Everyone's gift is needed. So you had the chief, you had the warriors, you had the people who tended the fields, you had the women tending to the children, doing the cooking. They had to survive because of the need for each other. And I think that is probably the biggest problem we have right now, is we're so used to doing, I can do it by myself, I'll do it alone. I can tell you right now that that is something that I've suffered with my whole life. Fine, I'll do it. And that's just not how we're going to be able to advance, and that's why breakthrough is so important tonight. So when we claim our territory, it's then what? We would give our bodies, and that is, again, we give of ourselves, we give our gifts. Um, we are many parts of one body, so each of you has a different gift. And that's a good thing, because if we're all right-handed or all left-handed or all right-brained or all left-brained, you know, God didn't create it that way. So we, we each have a function and we each have a gift. And I think if, if there's one thing that amazes me right now is that our church body is not void of gifts. If, if you think your gift isn't valuable, you've kind of missed the whole point of the whole thing about identity. Okay? Because it, it, may, it may just be your testimony it may be the impact you're having on your family. It may be the impact you're having on your neighbors. But we all have a function. So let's talk about your gifts. I can honestly say I wish I had all of them. I don't. But we have, the, you know, we have an assemblage of people that can prophesy. We have people that can serve, teach, encourage, give, Lead and be kind. If anybody cannot identify with one of those gifts, raise your hand. Awesome. We're on the right path. But your gift then requires action. Because if it's just your gift, you're going to keep the gift to yourself. You're going to keep that light under something, right? You're not going to share the light. But our first action is to love. It's no secret it's the first one because if you can do that, any of these things in love, then we're there. Work hard. It's not about the production so much as it is the effort. Okay? Rejoicing. I can tell you right now that we don't take enough time in our day 
to count the blessings. We move on so fast. In my corporate world, if you were on a treadmill, you just better run faster than that guy behind you. It gets really old because all you're doing is chasing yourself. It's out of fear, right? Help people in need. Be happy and to mourn. And one of the things that mourn means to me more now since COVID is I have more empathy for people. Because my first reaction is COVID real or not? Well, I lost a good friend to COVID and it became real. I'm not saying I minimized it. It was just the fact that now there's a family without a grandfather or father. And he was really too young to be taken. But we are called to action. So when we govern, what do we, what do we govern? We can't just be standing still. We have to take an action. So these actions become very important. And I feel like sometimes we don't even know how that happened. In fact, I had a young man who said, I don't know what my purpose is. And I said, your purpose is to walk the path that God puts you in front of that day and everybody you have contact with and to be Jesus to that person. That's it. And he looked at me like, really? I go, yeah, it's that simple. Because it's at the store, Walmart, office, family, difficult situations. It's all of those things. And God, you don't have to go find them. The thing is, you have to leave your house because we can't live in that fear that something can happen. We, if anything that we've learned through this whole thing is living in fear is not a good place to be, right? If we lived in fear, I don't think we'd be sitting here right now. So now we're going to get into community outreach. So how do you use your gifts Okay, how do you use your, uh, the actions is community outreach. And so I think it's like we sometimes overuse the word to mean I got to join something. I got to join a group. I've got to do something. No, community outreach is just getting outside of your front door. And so, and all of these things are in Romans. If you look at Romans 12, it says serve them feed them, give them something to drink, share your gift and love them. It's not all that complicated. But yet it is complicated because we make it so. We lose our identity and we become fearful. Oh, it's that person. I don't know how I can love them or, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. I don't think we can worry about tomorrows. We have to think about the right nows. The next slide is something that I'm an ex-banker, so excuse me, but numbers are still part of my life. Um, do you guys know about the power of one? The power in one in math is pretty, pretty simple. One times one is one. One times 10 is 10. One times 100 is 100. The factor of one in math doesn't change anything. It's only a number. It's the same number you started with. However, 
the power of one as it applies to people is that's you, one. You testify to somebody else. That's two. Next one. Because you've testified to the individual, you have now transformed a family because that person needed to have you in their life to have an impact on their family. Next one. That's a generation. So your intercessions, your involvement with people and getting in their lives and using your gifts, that one person you changed can change a generation. You will never know that number. That's why it's not a math exercise. It's people and it's relationships. So the next one is, oh, your territory. Sorry, go ahead. So it begins with you. This is my territory. Then it's my family. It's my neighborhood. It's my church. It's at work. And it's in the city. Your territory is all these things because once you leave the house, these are the places you go. These are the things that you do. These are the people you're going to meet. So when you don't think you can have impact anyone, I want you to think about this because everybody you come in contact with is your territory. And this can transform not only a family, but it can transform a city. And we're going to start to see a lot of that come to fruition tonight. So the next one is, who is on our community outreach team? So anyway, if everybody that loves Jesus, can you just raise your hand? Awesome. You've just been enrolled in the community outreach team. <laughs> That's the only thing required in the home membership, is that. Pretty simple, huh? So our team, baby, went from five to a pretty good-sized number. So yeah, you're, 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 uh, you're, it's you. So let's talk about LifeWay in church. So when we think about um, our community outreach, what does that look like? The first one is, it begins with us. You know, we go to church. And so as an individual, you're part of the community outreach team. We just proved that right now. The second one is a couple. They don't have kids, but they can relate to other married couples. Help them along in their walk, right? The next one is a family, and if you haven't noticed, we've had quite a growth in families here lately. That was pre-COVID, by the way, so you guys don't have an excuse. <clears throat> the next one is a single parent. I can't tell you the number of people I hear that are single parents that don't feel they're accepted, not in society, not in a church. So we want to make sure that we're welcoming them here. The next one is my favorite, the old folks. We still have a purpose, right? Can you imagine, and I think, Sean, you hit it on the head, if we don't remember where we came from, where is it going to come from? Because if people are rewriting history books to make it suit their agenda, what happens? We lose it. Can you imagine if somebody said, hey, we found, we decided we're just going to change the Bible. Yeah, this guy didn't exist, and, you know, 
It's all just, you know, we'll insert new characters. We'll put the seven dwarfs in. No, it, it, it's there for a reason. And we have to pass that knowledge in. So I'm looking at some of the older folks in this room. I'll tell you what, we have one of the greatest responsibilities in this whole thing. And I don't care if you're on a rascal or not. Because you can get in a car and, and come with us tonight. You can tell your testimony about your life story. And if anything, you can pray. The next one, our women's group. The women's groups that I've heard of and known about are phenomenal. They actually, the church probably wouldn't be in this position now without the women. Okay? We need to work on this one, the men. We need to stop being men and being men of God. The next one is our food pantry. This is the greatest extension of what we do because we serve believers, non-believers. We just serve our community. We don't ask questions. We pray. We provide. What an amazing thing. And how many people know about it? You know, it's been under the great stewardship of Angel and her family. I can't say enough about what that effort took just to love on people. In fact, there's people that don't even go to our church that serve on the food pantry. The next one is Celebrate Recovery. Again, community outreach. Even a much more needed form because of the fact that we have so much of that generational alcoholism, abuse, drug addiction, depression, anxiety. We need those things. I can tell you what it's done for me and my family, and I just want to thank, you know, Ron and Jason for bringing that here. It's amazing. The next one is a little teaser called House Fires because we're going to start doing some home church stuff. We're going to invite our neighbors. We're going to invite people over. We're going to break bread with them and show them we're not those crazy Christians. Well, we are, but we'll just maybe hide it a little better. But that's your, this is LifeWay's ability to bring service to our community. And I hope, is there anybody that doesn't see themselves in here? Awesome. So before we go to the next one, I want to talk about breakthrough. When we did the first breakthrough, I thought it was a puncture. It was going to let a little bit out. It was going to let people know that we were still around. Um, I got funny looks from people that, why would you do that in the middle of COVID? I don't know. It's a breakthrough. It's a puncture. We started to see people healed and baptized. We started to see the church community start to realize that we have a very valuable role to play here. But for breakthrough to happen, we need to walk in it. That means, again, going back to our gifts and the things that we need to do, it's not standing still. But I want you to all to have a visual of a slingshot, okay? When you get a slingshot, what do you do? You pull back. And we've pulled back. We've been pulling back, assessing who we are, what's our identity, what are we supposed to do. And then when you, when you pull it back and you know you're there, what happens? You feel the tension. 
you feel something that I'm going to release now. And that's where we're at right now. And tonight, we're going to release. We're going to release love, light, and prayer over this community. And we're going to hit the target because we know what the target is. It's right in front of us every day. Before I close, Bob, come up here. Bob has inspired me more than he would probably ever know. Four months ago, he was struggling severely, and that's a testimony for another day. But we all went up to Pittsburgh, or how many, 23 of us went to Pittsburgh, to go to Sean Foyt's music event. And we walked a little over a mile, maybe two, to where the concert was, and we couldn't find Bob. Nowhere to be found. We sent search parties, SOS, whatever we could. Um, and that's true, by the way. And so I think somebody finally said, I think he's up near the front of the stage. And so at, during the, almost towards the end of this concert, worship night, they asked for testimonies in front of probably three or 4,000 people. And they said, we have time for one last one. And we hear, hey, you, come over here. And we hear, what's your name? I'm Bob from New Philadelphia. <laughs> Bob prayed over suicide, mental health, and all these things, and everybody heard him. It's all... I think, on video. Okay? And so, God wasn't done then. We go to the Cracker Barrel, which is the only place open that would serve us. Um, they weren't happy to see us at 10 minutes to 10. And Bob sees one of the pastors that, are, that, that actually spoke over the congregation. And who walks up to him? Bob. Bob has a conversation with him. Bob is going to be leading a 12-step study soon. This is a guy that inspires me because it makes me forget that I'm not good enough. Amen? Amen? Right? Amen. Okay. That's all I'm going to let you say because you talked an hour last time on the thing. <laughs> but, but this is a great example of we're not perfect people, but God will use us and our gifts and everything else for that moment in time. And Bob, you're here because it's your time. Thank you, man. Thank you. <clears throat> so the last thing I'm going to show you is, and again, um, it's, it's Bob's story, it's my story, it's all your stories. We are not perfect people. God clearly chose people who were less than perfect to follow him. It's your invitation to join us tonight in Breakthrough. It's your invitation to walk life with us. You don't want to miss this. And thank you for your time and attention this morning. It's been a privilege to talk to you.
And uh, with that, I'll have Leslie close. Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Rick. <laughs> what about Bob? <laughs> Listen. The Lord gave me this scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 to close, but I want to read it to you from 17 to 19 because it just hit me like a ton of bricks. You saw Simon telling Jesus, but you don't know what he's done. You don't really know who he is. Do you really know who you're asking to follow you right now? Peter, Simon, was saying that. And Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of whom I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Verse 19, I give you, Susan, Kim, Carol, Holly, Scott, Bonnie, Troy, Terry, Roberta, I give you, Peter, I give you, Taylor, I give you, Danielle, the keys of heaven's kingdom realm. To forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. And don't you think that what he's saying, Jennifer, is he's releasing his kingdom in your territory that he's giving you the keys to your territory. He's giving you the opportunity to open doors that no one can shut. That's right. To see family members healed, saved, delivered, to see your coworkers made new. This is the kingdom territory, the lifeway territory that God has called us to take in authority. No more shrinking back. No more backing down. He says to you, Tim, Shannon, I give you the keys. Now move forward. Peter didn't deserve it. Peter was one of the most loud disciples that he had. He was in a world of mess when Jesus called him. Come on. He doesn't see that. He says, I see you, Danielle, my daughter. I created you with a purpose, and I'm giving you the keys to take the territory that you are in, and I want you to walk it out in my confidence. Not self-confidence, Jesus-confidence. Rise up, church. Take your territory, amen? Will you stand?